As I said, we, we finished what our series on what we're supposed to be. Things like being alert, knowing what's going on around us, being sober-minded, having our heads clear and our hearts clear so that we can engage in the kingdom work that we're called to do with a clear heart and mind and a clear conscience. Uh, that we should be people who are compassionate, kind, and loving. All of those things we've looked at. Uh, what we're going to start next week uh, looking at is some gifts that God has given us to be able to accomplish those things. But particularly, what we're going to focus on are the gifts that often get forgotten. Uh, it struck me in the last couple of weeks that there are a lot of gifts that God has given the church but that the culture has just honestly sucked right out of us. Uh, it, we, we are too Western. We are too American. We are too Texan. We are too right. We are too left. We're too independent and middle and not enough Jesus. Okay. And we've lost some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit intended us to use. Now, the spirit is generous. I don't believe we've lost them forever, but we've lost them in implementation. So I'm going to uh, over the next several weeks. Uh, point us to gifts that people in this room have been given by God to do his work that maybe you just thought weren't a big deal. Maybe they weren't a flashy gift. Maybe they weren't one that gets as much attention. Or maybe it's one that you thought, eh, I don't know, I, 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 God helped me know how to do that, but I don't necessarily want to do that. But we're going to talk about all of that, okay? Because gifts aren't the same thing as talents. That's a mistake that we make. They're not the same thing. Gifts are thing you, things you can do because God has gifted you to do them. You did not just come out of the womb with the ability. That is a supernatural thing, even if it's something like, for example, hospitality. That is a gift that came through the Spirit of God. The Bible says so. That is a gift that comes through the Holy Spirit. Now, whether or not we use it will be dependent upon our own faith. And that's true of all the various gifts. But as I said, some, we just seem to have, we don't give them enough attention. Maybe we don't give them enough honor when they are done. And some, we just, we're not sure, is that really even a gift? And the Lord has a resounding yes to some of those questions in the Word. So that's where we're going to be over the next several weeks. Today, I want to look here in Acts chapter 3 very quickly and uh, although it won't be quickly if I don't start that timer, I promise you, it's going, it's ticking, it's going down and I gave it less time. So you're good. Uh, but I want to look at this and we're not going to look at the whole story. You're probably familiar with it. A lot of you, most of you. This is when Peter and John go to the temple to the place and time of prayer. And they meet a man there who has been paralyzed from birth and they heal him. And normally we keep going because the story keeps going. The larger part of the story in terms of volume in the chapter is the controversy that follows. We're not going to look at the controversy today. We're going to look at what happened. We're going to look at why it happened, the attitude that they had as they talked with this person and what that means for us. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to read the text first. One day, Peter and John we're going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man, 
gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It's really a cool moment, isn't it? So they're, they're going to the temple, and uh, I want to look, I'm going to go ahead and highlight a few things for you, so maybe? Okay, there we go. Want to look at, at some of the things that are said and done as they do, because there are just little things that, that I've highlighted that I think we really need to catch. First, when they go, uh, they're, they're not going for this guy. They're going because it's the time to pray. They themselves have things they want to pray about, uh, whether that's um, asking God for help and strength, looking for opportunities to share the gospel, whatever it is that they're doing, they, they're going to the time that they're there to pray. It would have been easy for them to do what we often do, which would look a lot like the wrong examples in the Good Samaritan. It would have been easy for them to say, listen, I can come back at you in a minute, but right now i got church and just keep going because it's the hour for prayer. It's three o'clock, and that's one of the times that they would gather together and pray. That's why he told us that. That's not what they did. The first thing they did was they looked at him. One of the things that has changed our culture over the last hundred years is we've gone from being a pedestrian society to a motorized society. There's benefits and losses in that, just like everything, right? There are things that's good about that. I mean, I like anything with wheels, so I would say that was a good thing overall, right? But it's made us very mobile. It's had a lot of good repercussions for the church. We can take the gospel places we didn't have time to get to before. We can give people rights when that was impossible before. There are a lot of really good things about it, but there is a downside that I see all the time. We are, and when you go in, and especially if you live in, not visit, but live in a pedestrian society, you'll know what I'm talking about. We become very impersonal. We don't, we don't see those people around us as people. Okay, when we're in a car, other people in cars are just cars. That's why people are reckless. It's why people are selfish. It's why they ignore their existence. But here's the thing that I find even worse. We've become the same way when we're on our feet outside of our car. I think I do think the events of the last few years just only even made that even a little bit worse. Although I think more to blame than masks are AirPods. Not to pick on a particular brand, but, you know, y'all started it. And uh, it, we we zone out into our own world, and the people cease to be people around us. We don't see. What's the first thing it says? I'm pointing down here at the TV. What's the first thing it says? What did they do? They looked at him. How guilty are we? I'm not pointing my finger at the world. How guilty are we of not seeing the people that we pass every day? How guilty are we of not greeting people? It's gotten to where, I, I, yesterday, 
I think I said hi at the grocery store to about five different people that I didn't know. I think one sort of flinched. That was their high. The others were deadpan. Let me tell you something. That's horrible, is it not? Now, I, I, will, I, will, I will say I'm a person that I, I, I'm not blaming them. This is just a general societal thing. When I go in the store sometimes, if I've got too many things on my mind, and you all know what my face looks like when I have too many things on my mind. I do this. That means I'm thinking. This does not mean mad for me. This means thinking. This works when I'm mad. This is is thinking uh, that, you know, I, I'm concentrating on what I'm doing. I'm working through the list. And if it's at certain stores, I only want out. So really what I'm thinking of is exits. And uh, maybe I'm calculating how many people are in that line, that line and that line and which one's going to be the best. If sometimes I don't see people because of that. And that's not good. That's not good. But it's worse when we see. But won't even acknowledge and we won't look. And there's somebody in need. And our first thought is, how can I avoid this? And we're all so guilty, of that, aren't we? How can I avoid this? Peter and John, our examples in the faith, didn't ignore. They looked. Second thing, he spoke to him. And when he spoke to him, it was to engage him. He said, look at me. And I think he must have said it nicely. Look at me. You know, he, he said, look at me. Apparently, the beggar had spoken, but he hadn't made eye contact. Why do you think that was? Embarrassment? Tired of being ignored himself? He doesn't want to look and be disappointed once again? So Peter tells him, at me just in that one thing there is dignity and there is honor and so he grants him that dignity and that honor the guy expects to get something so i think he must have said it kindly but peter says something else he goes on and he says silver and gold i do not have why because he's a preacher no because because he's an apostle that's that's worse uh that's worse uh he's an apostle and what does he do? Silver and gold I don't have. Well, how many of you have any in your pocket right now? You're like, I ain't raising my hand. <laughs> you know, there are many, many times where any given person doesn't have what's needed at the moment. And this is the point I want you to, to hear. There is at any given time a need that's going to come to you and you will not be able to meet it in the way that's being asked. Or because it's maybe it's really not your gift. Do not just say no. Because that's what we do, isn't it? Oh, sorry, not my gift. Oh, sorry, I don't have anything. And we get away as fast as we can. Wrong answer if the Spirit's the game show host. What do you do? Well, silver and gold I don't have. I don't have anything like that. But you know what? I do have something I can give you. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't have that either. I can't help this guy to get up and walk. I can't do this or that or the other. And that's not the point, is it? What do you have? What gifts do you have that may not be always the right answer for the question, 
but is the right answer for another question that's also being asked. And what gifts do your brothers and sisters have that you don't, that you could point them to? You see what I mean? Our mistake is in thinking if I don't have the immediate answer of what they ask for, then I I just can't help. That's not true. Sometimes people will come here for a benevolence need, and it's one that is just outside our, our realm of ability to handle. We do our best. I don't know that it's always the best, but we do our best to try and at least when they go, they either have the answer to, we can't help with that, but let me tell you who can. Let me tell you where to find the answer. I don't know, and I'm not sure uh, that this person can help you, but they will have a better idea than I do. Learn how, as a Christian, to do referrals. You know, some of you in your profession, you do referrals. In the kingdom, you do referrals, okay? That's Andrew. Andrew did referrals. Oh, you got fish and bread in a basket? It doesn't look like enough to me, but let me take it to the guy who maybe he can do something with it. That's Andrew. Do that. You don't know? Point him to somebody who does. You can't help, but you know somebody who can. Engage them with somebody who can. Do not let people leave you empty-handed. Send them to the one who can. That's really what Peter and John did. I can't help you with silver and gold, but what I have, I'm going to give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. In that moment, do you think that this guy was upset about not getting coin as he walks into the temple to praise God for his newfound ability to walk first time ever? Did you notice that's where he went? Why were they there at the temple at three? To pray. What was his reaction to getting help? To go join them. To go join them. Praise and thank the Lord. Matthew 5.16 Let your good deeds You got to do them first. Let your good deeds shine before men in such a way that when people see them, the first thing they do is praise your Father who is in heaven. They don't even say, Oh, thank you. We're addicted to that. They say, Thank God. That's what we should be addicted to. Not the cheap invitation to thank us. Thank God. When we become people who will say, you know, I may not have all the answers. I may not have what you need. You know, what I have, I can give you. I can give you a ride down to Salvation Army for lunch. I can give you the number of a place that will put you up tonight. I can give you. You may not be able to do it all, but can you point them? They pointed him to Jesus, and we all, every last one of us, have that ability, don't we? We do. We have the ability to share the gospel, the thing that matters the most. Because if you've already given yourself to Christ, if you've been baptized into Christ yourself, you know exactly what they need, don't you? So no matter how few times you've done that or if you've never done that, You ought to be able to confidently say, listen, I don't have all the answers, but I know who does, and I know how to get you connected. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, 
I give you. So look for ways to find, when it's not in yourself, to find in Christ and in his kingdom the answers to people's needs because they're there. In the giftedness of others and the ability of others to meet those needs, in the work of the church to meet those needs, in other places in our community like Good Samaritan or the Salvation Army or all those different things, have those things ready with you so that you can point them to what's needed. Uh, you know, people in this church have given people rides to MHMR because that was what they needed. You know, that was way over the heads of the people who were given the ride, but they were able to get those people help that they needed. Be willing to do what you can, even when you can't do everything. Uh, it's pride that tells us we have to be able to solve the whole thing ourselves. Humility says, I don't know, I don't know what I can do, but we're going to try and get you some help. Do it that way and, and go humbly and ready to help. Goes on. Uh, after this guy, I mentioned this, after this guy is healed, he jumps up and he praises God and he worships God and he gives him all the credit and all the praise. And I think that is so important for us as humans. That's where the praise belongs. You know, we've, we've sung this morning and prayed this morning and read scripture this morning. I think God is honored by every last bit of it. And I, I, I don't know if you weren't encouraged by it. I, I, I'm not sure why. Because, boy, we've had a good morning and, and there's still more good to come. But let that praise not ever stop with you. Learn how to humbly point that person to giving their praise to God instead. Ronald Reagan said, he's not Jesus, but he was a good speaker. <laughs> uh, Ronald Reagan said, it's amazing what you can get accomplished when you don't, who when you don't care who gets the credit. That's very true in the church. It's even more true when we realize that whether any of us get it doesn't matter as long as God is praised and God is honored and the person is helped, that the person is served. So kind of keep our bearings about what's really most important. 